liked your your bit. It's doing you know decently oh, really? on, the, on the social <laughs> medias. Uh, thank you, everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, as I re-listened to that bit, I realized uh, the lyric is the FCC won't let me. I didn't. Be. I didn't want to. You know, I thought you were like I doing it intentionally. I'm making a yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Like as I as I like re I I thought about it and I didn't think about it until like two days ago when I on Instagram I saw the clip and I was like oh yeah it's the FCC but I was like oh I actually look even smarter because now there's another layer Mm -hmm, of joke mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. um so yeah so we'll see how it goes today hey you know just you gotta roll with it man just accept just say like no you totally meant to do that intentionally. Uh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So I'm delete all that, and we'll start here. And I am very funny, is what I heard on the internet. Yeah, Danny and me, we've never talked without being able to see each other, so we can't do it if if we're just like yeah. on a phone call. Yeah, no, I've never. No. I don't Who even know your that? number. Is that even a thing yeah. anymore? What year is it? Uh, this is what we get for recording on a morning. Just like, we're doing a little early doing bird, a little early bird. You know, and I heard they get the worm. Um. But this is for all of our, we're recording it early so that all of our like elder listeners can hear that and feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. even though we're going to release it at not the morning, (laughs) but like, just, you know, this is a great coffee, you know, or some tea pod episode for you. I feel like most people listen to, listen to us in the morning or on their commute home. It's like literally those two windows. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, good on all of you for not, you know slacking off during the day yeah yeah i mean at least <laughs> anecdotal anecdotal evidence well there's no I, real insights you know, on, on times danny are you a person that can listen to podcasts like while you're plugged in doing work no i cannot and stuff because I'm, no. I'm either not paying attention to the work i'm doing or i'm not paying attention to the episode at all and it's like i might as well not have listened to it yep yep do you know what i do i just start t- transcribing the podcast <laughs> like if i'm typing enough nice. and i like get and if it like starts hitting the background of my brain too much i'll just start my stuff will just start having yeah. their sentences in it <laughs> you know you know what i've been doing like on sundays uh when i'm doing laundry and like folding laundry and shit or like you know just doing sunday late morning cleaning early afternoon yeah. cleaning that's that's be- peak podcast time for me Oh yeah, I do all of my cleaning, all often like a lot of just like doing work at home. I'll I'll podcast up. I'll podcast mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But then if you're doing too much work at home, you're ripping through too many podcasts. You got nothing. Yeah. That's my mm-hmm. problem. I like have no back catalog right mm. now. Mm. It's brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Welcome to the DMGT podcast. I am your host, Danny. Uh, and I'm your host, Spencer, and I can just tell by Danny's face he did not like our intro today. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly my fault, um, but also I didn't say that at all, although I, I guess I just acknowledged yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I know I know your looks, Danny. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I, I'm still like on. midway through my coffee, so. Yeah, me too. I'm only <laughs> yeah midway through my, my yerba. Um, Watch this be our Danny. most successful one. Uh, <laughs> That would suck. Oh, we're a morning that show. That would suck uh, for us. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Spencer, um, what are we Danny, talking about today? Oh, boy. Well, we're not talking about any particular film, TV, video game. Really, none of it. Because 
a lot of the stuff is on strike. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff so, is on strike. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Even though we're we're, we're we hadn't been invited to the unions yet. No, no. So but worker solidarity, baby. Working class yeah, solidarity. more solidarity uh, thing. And then we're we're gonna just we randomly found uh, some albums that are about you know the consequences of nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. Um, unrelated to anything else. We might talk a little bit about those because I think it's is this one of your favorite albums? Is that fair to say? It is literally my favorite album of all time. Of all time. Yeah. And then the an album I had Danny listen to is mm-hmm. one of my probably like top ten, top fifteen. Um yeah. so we'll we'll chat about I'm excited to chat about that. About these. I am me too. Yeah. Me too. Um and then that's really it today. Uh, there is a slow week of tech tech news. Yeah, slow. Tech Not much. News, slow, relatively slow gaming news. Besides, when we talked about the Activision Blizzard thing going through last week, um, it's like I think officially official. The deadline was last night for the merger to complete. No, I think they actually pushed it to October. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. You're right. That yeah. just came through yeah. like literally this morning. So I guess good thing we're recording now. Um, Great job. We're so current. We're doing it. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But it's, I mean, it's basically a done deal. All, all it is is just delaying when, like, Call of Duty gets on Game Pass is all we're talking about at this point. Like, not so much, like, is this going to go through? Um, yeah. So the countdown begins. Yep. Uh, Sony. The acquisition uh, wars are, I'm telling you. Yeah, y'all got, you got 10 years before you'll never be able to play Call of Duty oh, again. No. Or oh, no. within 10 years, there will be one video game company. <laughs> yeah, mo, mo, like, the latter it's, is it's most more likely. One of those two is going to happen. Either, unfortunately. either a bunch of people won't play a game that everybody plays and has always played all of them on all of yeah, the things. Yeah. Um, or it's just, yeah, we're about 10 years from a true um, conglomerate uh dystopia which is going super well in hollywood with our movies and tvs it's never caused a problem monopolies always work yeah, yeah that's why they made the game everyone wins at monopoly every time equally yes and yes everyone feels good about a game of monopoly yeah so that's why we're letting it happen again boy we're really on topic today because we're you know we're going to talk about some nuclear <laughs> war <laughs> well it's a great way to you know potentially force people to fucking get in line <laughs> it's it's i mean i that's, will say i will that's say what they were built for. there there does seem to be an active like as all of this ramps up there does seem to be a little bit of an active like class consciousness starting to arise a little bit more than i've seen in the past yeah just because like, like people like i think employees are like realizing like oh wait it really is just us against the ownership class wait a minute well I can get rights if I unif- un- unite with my fellow workers. What? What? Yeah, you know, it's uh it's <laughs> representation. It's a thing. What? Hey, you know, uh, I was a grocery store union member throughout, like late high school, throughout college, when I was working summer jobs and um, a little bit after school and stuff. And you know what? I never really worked enough to get any of those benefits because you have to like vest as a union yeah, member and all that yeah. stuff. But the thing I always remembered was, man, everybody made sure that you took your breaks, made sure that you didn't stay late Mm -hmm. unless it was like approved. 
you knew what your schedule was in a specific amount of time. You had you had a very clear, oh, if I work this many hours, I get this raise. Um, and it was all very like helpful to navigate. Yeah. Cause you knew here's what you, literally here is very st- strict and clear rules about how you can grow doing this. And here's what we do to make sure that you are supported yeah. during it. Yeah. Um, doesn't that sound nice? That sounds it just great sounds to me. Nice. It sounds great to me. Look, honestly, who would be against that? It just sounds ultimately simpler but for sp- everybody. Spencer, I'm going to become a billionaire. You're telling well, you me to about stop it, you're my like, hours. I'm, I'm Mr. Fred Meyer, which is the grocery store I worked at, a uh, local chain of Kroger yeah. um, in the Pacific Northwest. It's like, I'm Mr. Kroger. Well, guess what? Do you know how much of that stuff the union just takes care of for the business? It's like, oh, no, no, no. We'll make sure all of these rules make sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we negotiated we agreed on how people will get raises and increases like we're all just on the same page now um yeah. these people have a pension building you know you know maybe they'll stick around and you won't have to hire 70 grocery clerks in one year to fill two positions because they all <laughs> don't like you you know yeah which is i don't know Seems also it's good for sound, the business. You just you just say it like that, and it doesn't seem like a thing that should be all that controversial, right? Yeah, it just seems yeah. like a normal thing. It's like, oh yeah, everyone should come to the table and like agree on the conditions of the work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that absolutely sounds perfectly reasonable, actually, and not in a sarcastic way. That's how it should be. Um, Look, a lot of this is perfect because a great transition into talking about the SAG-AFTRA, the Writers Guild of America strikes, all the shit that Hollywood execs are like openly saying is wild. Wild, dude. Bob Iger, I have never seen like, like the last 15 years of Bob Iger's career, like he just decided to straight torpedo by being like, no, we're just going to wait until the writers are fucking homeless. Yeah. yeah. Insane. <laughs> like, 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 he's like, yeah, we know, we know they're, we know how much they got paid and there's a reason they're striking, but we're just going to wait until they all fucking die. I saw, I saw, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you see that they recently uh, cut? trimmed all the trees on the uh on the street where they were striking they, so they don't the, get like shade right uh, so the city came out and they were like that was not intentional we oh we, okay we okay. didn't reschedule this we didn't we, it's our bad okay like they, okay they came My out bad. like very redacted, quickly redacted yeah yeah i i mean unless that was a lie who knows i haven't no i just saw like that response to it and then it seemed like it was mm-hmm. okay but Still, yeah, you know, maybe check the tree cutting. But also, it's like that person's probably part of a union <laughs> doing that work, like, like likely for the city. Like, is, they, imagine being getting a prevailing wage. This, like, yeah. I swear to God, this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm a union guy. <laughs> no, it's oh, fu- man. No, no, we're good. My union's chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, but still, like the fact that they're like saying, I, I've, I've. I mean, it's not just Bob Iger, too, right? Because, like, um, I feel like there's, at the same time that this is happening, well, I think I think they're directly correlated. Um, just like these billionaires and, like, the owners and, like, huge execs have gotten a little more, or a lot more, I guess, um, like, comfortable with, like, outright saying, like, 
yeah, I'm just going to treat you like shit. And what are you going to do about it? Um, and I think it stems from like going back a few years from like Bezos going to space and Elon going to space. And uh, what's the Virgin guy? Uh, Richard Bronson, Bronson, Branson, Branson going to space. Um, I think it's like those initial phases of that where it's like, hey, your employees are like currently striking and trying to unionize um, because their working conditions suck. And then you're over here saying like, thanks for letting me go to space. And now it has led to like, cool, not that much happened. I think some Amazon work warehouses unionized. Some of them didn't successfully. Um, And which has, I think is leading to like, oh, Cool. We can just like outright shit on our employees in the working class, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> nothing's it's, gonna happen. Uh, it's a bummer. Did you, you saw? I'm sure you saw the viral link of Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. who's been in all sorts of stuff through you know forever. Um, just kind of saying like you know like why you know like you make four hundred x your lowest paid worker. Yeah. Why are you saying things like this? to us like we're talking like all through you know the golden age of media like it was so much less top heavy meaning that you know if you're not paying like a an executive like bob Iger who makes like 400 million dollars of total compensation or something insane per year like that um if you're not paying that person 400 million dollars you may not then have to pay the person right below him like 200 million and 250 and then right below and then you know like and then nothing after like you know all of those people yeah like you could probably make stuff for less if you didn't have a billy locked up in your executive suite it's it's crazy because like like, you know what i mean yeah an entertainment company where the those people are doing none of the work that makes the creative stuff no they're just like sitting and doing like making phone calls and decisions is effectively the extent of the work that they're doing and all of their decisions are shit decisions too all of their decisions are (laughs) let's do another indiana jones (laughs) (laughs) like it's crazy like like, some of the number breakdowns of like what the what the writers guild is asking for is nuts because they're like i think it accounts for like point like two percent of uh, what? What? Are, uh, what's the conglomerate? Yeah, it's, it's literally it's like two percent of the the total the money would be redistributed to the writers. Yeah, the the AM, yeah. AMPT, the AMPTP, um, it would be two percent total. And you know how much of a percentage it would be? It would, like how much it would cost for all the executives of those studios combined? Two million a year. Well, but to be fair, if I didn't have that two million. <laughs> squirreled away offshore without getting taxed how would i be helping things because i need that because because the thing is danny so let me explain i'll explain it to you okay so if i have all of it right Mm -hmm. i have let's say let's say i have 99 percent of it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i have 99 percent of all the stuff okay i follow money okay now think about how like how much that is it's 99 percent right So, like, all of it, basically. Yeah, sure. Occasionally, you know, as I'm Scrooge McDucking, diving into my gold coins, some of them are going to spill out into the street because it's so full. Jesus Christ. Okay? And then those are going to get into the water system, the storm drain, Mm. right? Mm. And then occasionally, it'll trickle out of your faucet. You'll get, like, a coin. And that's, that's good for you. So, I need the $2 million because if I have $2 million less... You might not even see it one coin. 
uh, at that point. Uh, so you get it? I have to have as much as possible to trickle down, Danny. Oh, I see. I see. That's right. That's so where the I don't have comes in. Honestly, it should be I have a hundred percent and then some of that trickles down, but I have to have a hundred percent the whole time. And then it'll be fine. And like that, that's always worked since it started. <laughs> and we should keep saying it works. And <laughs> I think this year. A lot of people oh, that are candidates man. should probably say, like, oh, no. we know that this worked. Let's keep doing it. It worked and does work. <laughs> oh, man. I hate that that's basically effectively. Did you see Ron Perlman, uh, Hellboy, original Hellboy actor? Um, <laughs> Love Ronnie P. He was so, he was like, Watch out. Oh, he's, watch out. We he's know always, where you live. We literally know where you live. I was like, dude, this is intense. Yeah. Also, hell yeah, man. <laughs> he's He's been very vocal for a really long time. He's awesome. He's great. I'm like, dude. And it's also like, hey, this is like a video kind of in jest, tongue in cheek, but also not really. So like, actually, <laughs> actually be careful. Uh, this is crazy because like, uh, speaking of the executive numbers, I want like, let's get mm. into some real numbers, baby. Uh, <clears throat> Over the last five years, David Zaslav for Warner Brothers, number one, uh-huh. $498 million, effectively in, 500 mil. In what year? Over the last five years combined. And, and then let's, let's think about <laughs> over the last five years, how is Warner Brothers fucking done? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like for- Did that, co- for, did that compensation make sense? No. Did, did you get the benefits of $500 million? <laughs> no, if you're a DC fan- um, like not even Bob, you're making three times as much as Bob Iger, who is also making too, like all of these people are making too much money. What the hell is he getting paid $500 million for? Just to, just to absolutely torpedo every single property they have into the dirt. Every single one. Like yeah. if you're, if I'm a DC fan, like if you're a DC fan, I am losing my shit over this information. <laughs> Wild. Ridiculous. $500 million dollars. That's like that's two humongous tentpole movies, or it's like an infinity amount of indie movies that are good. <laughs> like I'm like uh, w- with this much going into one, how how is Warner Brothers profitable at all? This is insane to me. I it's just like for that much money, it's just like how how could there possibly be work to justify getting that much money no, for one there, singular job? It does not exist. It's like how could you? How could you be like, it just doesn't make sense. It's too much money. It's just too much money. It's a scary amount of money. It truly is uh, a scary. Uh, the Netflix executives, there's two executives on this top 10 list. They each make 200 mil, basically. So that's 400 million on two employees. Disney, Bob Iger's at 200 mil. Uh, the Murdochs are at 175 mil each. Uh, Brian Roberts over at Comcast, 170 million. Uh, Joseph Ianiello, whatever. I don't care if I'm mispronouncing that from Paramount, 150 mil. Uh, Endeavor Group Holdings, I don't, I don't really know what they do. I'm trying to look up. Yeah, exactly that's, I mean, it's, that's it's going to be a rabbit hole. Oh, it's okay. So yeah, it's like yeah. a lot of like traditional like web media, the Wall Street Journal, Guardian, so on. Okay, mm, okay. So mm. like a lot of like okay, so just like combined, yeah, you know, groups there. Um, yeah, it's just like there's, 
it's just baffling to me that like uh they're like yeah no bob Iger's like they're being unreasonable the writer's guild is being unreasonable are you fucking kidding me i mean it's always crazy because you know when 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 places go on when when unions go on strike like it's it's a it's never you know the message from the unions that that exist are never hey we're looking to become super fucking rich um like the only reason that union strike because it's not easy to authorize a strike like it takes it's a process because you have to negotiate the strike like internally you have to like there's all sorts of things that you have to do to get there like it's it's not something done lightly like it it really isn't because you can't that does it actually does not help a lot of your bargaining power to constantly strike because then you're like why is this helping anybody right so you really have to pick your battles and like, you know, it's always crazy to hear the other side of strikes saying, well, this is all unreasonable. And then you're like, well, let's let's read what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, they just want you to like actually reckon with the streaming content because we didn't do that yet. Yeah. Like basically the 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 like our contract didn't really do a good job on that. It's kind of like um the uh HIPAA act right yeah. like the the medical privacy um compliance stuff where it's like oh the reason hipaa uh is so crazy and it's so hard to understand how to use it is because hipaa was in before computers and then they just haven't really like updated the terms of it to make sense <laughs> as much as they should with the technology age so like no one understands what it is and like like you know like it's just crazy it's the same thing with like this type of thing it's like there's a new disrupting thing that happened in the way that these things yeah. get yeah. out to people and they just didn't really have they didn't do or whatever deal they maybe did do it doesn't make sense now because of how this how streaming has changed even so much in the last couple of years that, that's that's why it's uh we we keep hammering it home with like and we've talked about this earlier this year we've talked about this last year with all the acquisitions on the gaming side and the music side as well like ai being used to like use other people's likeness is a uh, not a good thing people it's just straight up a bad thing like it's it's something that like the executives are like hey we'll give you like a day's worth of pay and then we can use your likeness in perpetuity with AI. It's like they no, were, they what? were they were actually already doing yeah. that. Like if you read stories and people that uh, I know that are in the industry, like I've seen things post on Instagram and stuff of like, hey, uh, I actually was an extra, and then like they told me they had scanned me, and that uh, the, it, that that I was there. <laughs> insane, insane, <laughs> so, like, insane. So like all of that like this it's straight up directly applicable to music and artists straight up applicable to like voice acting in video games and like models in video game like the actual in-game you know polygon models and like yeah. likeness and all of that like this is going to impact like if it's not happen if it doesn't happen right now eventually you're not going to have well, major record <laughs> label new yeah. music, but like independent, it's a little bit different for independent artists on the music side. I think that one is a little yeah. bit more sustainable. And and like SAG after the writers, they are allowing some productions yes. to continue. Like that uh, definitely like are indie like films A24. Are like, hey, yes, you can. They're like, like we can't stop. Like if we stop, this thing won't happen. Yeah. And so like I think that's a really cool thing. I don't know if I know the last time they because sh- sh- the SAG after haven't sh- strike since the sixties. I think 
But the last writer strike, I I didn't hear anything like that. So it's interesting that they're still trying to like like and that's what a union should do. It's like, hey, we're all small, but like we're part of y'all. But if we like we don't do it now, yeah, we, d- we won't get to do it again. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you're you know you're homies. We're part of yeah. the union. Like we can make <laughs> we that- can still do stuff. Yeah, we're within yeah. themselves. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's uh. I think I think at some point this is probably coming to the gaming industry, so you can probably expect at some point this will happen, and at that point you can absolutely de- expect delays because I think this, I mean, I th- this this will set the tone. I think for the rest of entertainment media, including yeah. games, music, everything, everything that is entertainment, um, will set the tone. And I think we're in. This is going to be a long goddamn strike. I think it's going to be a long. Gonna, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I think. You know, the thing that is always weird about like, like the more you think about, the more you learn about uh, SAG-AFTRA and the writers union, the more I think about like my time as a union worker. So like, you know, a lot of the podcasts that you and I might listen to have a lot of like comedians, actors, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, doing their, their side hustle. Um, Not talking like, you know, the big stars that create podcasts to, to, you know, watch their TV show that's already hyper successful right, or whatever. Right. More talking like, you know, um, like like people like John Gabris, High and Mighty, right? Has a couple podcasts, great podcast guests, like does some small work, like not, you know, gets gets roles here and there for yeah. little things yeah. in TV, right? Um, not not a big movie star or nothing like that. But he always talks about how he doesn't he's part of SAG after, I believe, and I think maybe at times he's been part of the writers union. Um, but he, he's always like, oh, I'm on Cobra, like, because he doesn't yeah. get enough credits yeah. mm-hmm. to actually get the health benefit. So it's not like everybody in the union is also fully benefiting from all of what the union no, has. No, Because that was like when I was, a you know, 16 to 22 working at grocery stores, I never really had enough hours to get the benefits, but you still pay the union due because you have to maintain your membership. Um, but I never, that was never something I was super upset about. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot of people that like, I know that moved out there, like, you know, they might be part of it, but I doubt they're getting their health insurance from there. And it's like, man, everyone needs more help in, in this unit. It's so brutal out in, in LA, um, to, yeah, to survive. I think I think people always conflate like because you you see like some sentiments like oh I can't believe millionaires are complaining about like getting more millions from billionaires. It's like hey that's like the smallest minuscule minority of people that make up these unions, um, yeah. and the vast majority of them can't pay their bills or can barely afford to pay the bills. Um, yeah. I think when you think about like if something that's a little bit more equitable comes through. You may see a change in like maybe some of them don't have to be pumping out these podcasts every week or whatever, which may slightly adjust. I'm sure some of them that want to will continue to do so. Uh, But it's like I don't don't think people realize also that they're doing this stuff out of necessity as well because they're not making a proper living. Um, I I keep thinking about last year. Remember, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I was talking to Lily about it last night and she was like, oh, yeah. Remember when Sydney Sweeney last year at, at some point in an interview interview was like, "Hey, uh, I can't afford to take like six months off from work. Like that's just not like I I'm mm. constantly looking for projects." Um, and everyone was like, 
what the hell are you talking about? You're like starring on like one of the biggest shows on HBO right now. You just signed up for like a movie, blah, blah, blah. Like you're mismanaging your money. And now like you go back this year and you're like, oh, maybe she had a point. <laughs> maybe we were being a little, little harsh on that one. And and that's, that's like as an up and coming, like quickly yeah. rising star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think like part of it does need to be like, um, I do think they're, I hope that there's some negotiation around like um, salary in terms of how much a star gets uh, against how much, you know, everyone else gets because that's also something that has been mostly just if the movie star seems to care about pay equity, they'll do something, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. um, But I, I also hope that that's part of it because, you know, if you're paying like, uh, like Tom Cruise, I think, is making like eighty million up front for the next two Mission Impossibles because I think he got paid for both of them. Yeah, eighty million, and then he also gets like a huge back end deal, so he makes a shitload of money on these movies. But then you have like um, the rest of the cast is like I don't think anybody's over like three. Yeah, yeah, and like the budget of that movie is going to be why like it's right now going to be at best a mild hit. Because you got a hundred, almost a hundred million tied up up front in Tom Cruise, probably getting ten to Christopher McQuarrie, yep. couple mil uh, under five to the rest of the cast each. Uh, you know, well, how are you gonna? I mean, how is anybody else gonna make money in that situation? Yeah, because yeah. that's that's most of the budget for the whole fucking movie, right? That's gonna have a ton of digital effects. Yeah, it's gonna have a yeah. ton of touch ups. Uh, writing wise that's gonna have a ton of yeah like you know like makeup artists and uh because of the masks and and all the wardrobe and it's like all of these things you know you have more money at the top you have less money to distribute yeah yeah i I think it's like that that's also part partly of why like the residual stuff on streaming has to get like resolved to um it's like always start with the executives like at at, at the end of the day like it's the, the studio owners and executives is like really where the money needs to come from first but then you trickle down from there oh god oh god i didn't mean to say trickle uh but, uh, but <laughs> it joke. is it's like but it is but no it absolutely is a factor 100 it, well it needs to you know like you know this isn't a crazy thing to say no, like of course bernie not. sanders like redistributing the wealth is what they need to do because if you don't have writers who let's say are alive because you don't you know that they're all dead and and unhoused and all that well you know probably not gonna make awesome shows no no. like writing constantly under duress that's what i'm saying yeah under duress that's the other part too like the better working conditions and like the general like stability like we're not even like they're not even asking for again like they're not asking for like luxuries and shit it's like hey i want to not worry about health insurance the yeah. writers the uh yeah. the uh one of the main writers for the bear recently had an interview he's like yeah i got like five thousand bucks or something like and that's it and that's all i'm yeah, gonna get like, paid for one of the biggest shows in the last couple of years are you kidding like, me it's it's really it's really tough because there I think there's so many different types of like bylaws and things where they can zhuzh you around what yeah. you actually quote unquote contributed to. There's a lot of like tricky things that that uh producers and studios can do to kind of like make your 
contribution looked different. Yeah, yeah. To to get out of paying you as a staff writer. So instead of a staff writer, oh, you were just a punch up person. Yes, you were a punch up person for the entirety of writing this series, but technically none of us agree that you did a full script. Right, right. You didn't do enough. So yeah, you're a punch up guy. So here's here's for every session of punch up a thousand bucks or whatever. It's uh yeah, I mean it needs to get fixed there, especially since like entertainment like impacts every like that's what we do to like pass the time in some capacity literally everyone in some capacity is like oh are you gonna go watch the movie this week and blah 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 doesn't like that everything always comes back to like the arts in some capacity because it's enriching it's enriching to our lives so they deserve <laughs> to yeah. you know have their lives enriched for the work that they're doing enriched in the sense that like they should feel stable in doing just, the work just like Every single, just like thing. everyone, just like that's literally all everyone. <laughs> that's all we want, you know. Like I'm just looking at like all of the technology, you know, that's on my desk, and I'm just like, it'd be cool if like everyone that helped make all of this stuff like had uh, a single family home if they wanted it. Yeah, just like straight, like <laughs> not <know>? even. <laughs> it's like, oh god, that's not even too much to ask for. Just straight up stability, not luxury. Stability, stability. You deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it. Everyone deserves it. Um, yeah, it's a uh, and looking at these numbers, the money is there. The money, everyone's there's definitely like, money. Where's the money coming from? Oh, it's there, dude. It just needs uh, yeah, to get yeah. not funneled all to the top. Are you shitting me? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, look, obviously, in solidarity with the that all forms of you know labor class and working class and and stuff. So you can it's going to this is going to be a long haul you can expect right now at least they're not asking for like because i have looked at like the guidelines for sag after and what they're asking for mm-hmm. right now right mm-hmm. now they are not asking for like a consumer strike or a consumer uh ban or anything like that like go watch your movies still comfortably go just continue to stream your shows comfortably like you know no one's asking for anything like that at this point yeah so it's not enjoy it's, that yeah it is not we the consumer isn't at fault here no not Um, not there's the slightest and like the you know one of my favorite quotes of all time danny and i think you know what i'm gonna say (laughs) there is no ethical consumption under capitalism yeah yeah yeah. like and that is that is the thing that like we all constantly deal with especially people like us who do a podcast and content that's about technology Yep, yep like um it's a really tough thing to balance but also at the same point we got to live our lives. We want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. People it's, buy uh, stuff. That's just how we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's you try to we, we try to keep it as like balanced as possible. And like as. Um, uh, what's the word? Under, we know we love all this shit. Yeah. And like yeah. so that's not always a good thing to to be super hyper into things. Yeah. That, like this, like talking about conscious. iOS 17 conscious. and all that stuff it's, like it's, but, it's trying to be conscious about some of some of this that's all you can, can do that's uh, all you can do because again it's like not under our control or our, our power but when things like this happen supporting supporting those movements is the most impactful thing that you can actually do so like yeah. whatever minuscule things they're asking from you and like i'm i'm mean, i'm not here to judge it like i'm seeing like you know, TikTokers with like millions of followers yeah. be like, yeah, I'm still going to talk about this movie. And it's like, kind of also, the promotions like fine, do you, but also 
that's <laughs> to me it's like so short-sighted of like you're yeah. you're taking this immediate potential payday because I get it maybe this is like your actual full-time job now um for you're you're hurting yourself in the long long term yeah and also scabbing. Hey, if we have any uh listeners uh who are part of the writers guild or part of Segaftra can we buy you lunch yeah. just let us know yeah. like dm us we can like figure out a way to without your identity being out there just to make sure you're actually part of the union but we'd love to buy you some food yeah. tell us where you 100%. want us 100% we'll 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 send you some stuff 100% um, get out there and keep keep honestly some of the best signs come from creative strike union like creative i mean some of them are so very like, fun some honestly of them are like very you fun. need a good meal to make a really funny <laughs> sign and that's honestly some of the best parts i'm more than like, happy so to, to hit us buy up a meal. hit, hit, us, us, up. Up. hit we'll, us up we'll do like five or ten people boom done push it out let people know um appreciate you we do really do we love we love talking about this stuff and always on your side um spencer yeah Do you want to talk about music? I do. We haven't talked about music for a while. I mean, we talked about it last week. But like only a little That's true. bit. That's true. Like we, we haven't really had a deep dive That's true. moment we need, we need of music. We need to have a deep dive moment. And this is, uh, this is it. Okay, so um, <laughs> I sent Spencer uh, A Thousand Sons to listen to A Thousand Sons like fully for the first time because it's about, it's like the theme is nuclear war. Uh, and in return, Spencer sent me uh, Nuclear Winter by The Lonely Forest. Which yeah. is also about nuclear war. Yeah. And which you know what's crazy, Danny, is you send me you're like, hey, you know, like this has themes of nuclear war. Yeah. This is like my favorite album of all time. And then I instantly go, Well, let me go through my favorite albums about nuclear war. Okay, I'm gonna send one back. Like apparently I didn't know that until then, but I have a favorite album about nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's how prog nerdy I, I yeah, am at yeah, this point. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, I have to pick from a couple. <laughs> it's great. It's great. That's funny as hell. Uh, initial impressions before we get into into this, and I will say, so, this plays almost the beats as far as like the yes. overall thematic beats is yeah, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. one to one. Yeah, yeah. It's it almost is crazy. one to one. So I had I was never really excited. Yeah, I had never listened to a thousand suns ever. So I was like, I'm going to go in totally cold. I'm not going to look anything up. I'm not going to look up song titles. I'm not going to look up reception. And I listened to it once through. And then that's my first thought was, this is structured almost the exact same as yeah. Nuclear Winter mm-hmm. uh, by The Lonely Forest. And so I was really pumped about that. It was so yeah. cool. Um, I got to say, A Thousand Suns, I was so surprised in what this album is hell yes <laughs> um and like i listened to it and like multiple times in the album i was like is this where is this where the song from transformers is gonna start is this where and then i realized no i don't know any of these songs i do not know the singles i did not ever hear any of I love this, this music i love this uh and then i was like and so i'm listening to it i, I listened to it three full times kind of really trying to be locked in but no internet so i couldn't read the lyrics so i don't have like a great recall of them but the thing that i uh my my first thing is this this album influenced a lot more music than i thought it did um 
Because it does not sound like it came out in 2010. Nope. Or 2011. 2010. Whichever. 2010. 2010. It really doesn't. Um, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that's happening now in a lot of music, which I, I thought that was really cool. It's um, wh- When I was listening to Nuclear Winter, um, I, 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 tr- I like this morning and a little bit last night, I, so I've listened to it twice all the way through. Um, I got really excited after the first listen because I was like, this is so similar. There's got to be some influence. There's got because this came, uh, nuclear winter came out in 2013. So mm-hmm. I was like scouring the internet, like oh, no, looking no, no. for interviews. No, no, nuclear winter came out in uh, I think it's 2007. It was oh, released in 2000. Oh damn. Okay, okay. Maybe that's why because I was looking up for like I'm, I'm is this sure. influenced me... at all by like a thousand suns because it's like the beats were too similar. Maybe it's the other way around actually, which is also exciting. Um. I, might, I, might I gotta, I gotta look it's this also, up. Also, they are just like magnitudes and magnitudes of a smaller band. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, so I used to, I used to frequent. Um, Mike Shinoda used to have like uh, a website and a blog where he was just like posting shit about like some really obscure stuff. Like did, he was like into. Um, yeah, two thousand seven. Oh, 2007. 2007. Okay, so okay, so yeah. I, I honestly think it might be possible that like Mike Shinoda at some point might have. Right, come across this now. I now I want to look it up. Like obviously, I'm, I don't have that research there. But anyways, the point was like it was so similar on like the beats, not not musically, uh, but thematically, and like the way that the story ebbs and flows throughout. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not exactly one to one, but it's very similar as far as like starting off with like kind of eerie, like the setup of like, hey, this thing is happening. You like yep. cascade into like, boom, the explosion and the war and the thing has happened. And now let's get, we're dealing with some fallout afterwards um, towards the back half um, was very close. And it was really cool because this one production, obviously it's like a smaller band, smaller album. The production. It's self-produced. The, the, the <clears throat> 2007 was self-produced and then it got picked up. And then that's why it's like that official release is 2013 gotcha but, gotcha gotcha yeah, um but it's still like it sounds pretty like it sounds pretty good like the the production i think is um not like over the top um which i think is cool for like i just like how the, the drum sounded and like the guitars yep. and stuff it, it just felt very like garage bandy um like going yeah. to like a local show and listening to a band that you you're discovering for the first time is cool um yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun album. I think the, the lyrical contents the lyrical contents is a little bit different. Like the way it's structured, it's a little bit more um, like threaded story based from like individual yeah, it's, perspectives. It's, it's a full prog yeah story mm-hmm. album. Like it's it's a and from what I was reading about a thousand suns initially that's where they were going, but now it's more thematically proggy. Yeah. It's not yeah. an actual story. Um, but yeah, that's like the main difference is like that's really it Mm -hmm. like Mm because a lot of the themes a lot of the the ways of talking about you know nuclear problems fallout war um as a metaphor for talking about destruction in your own life yeah and Mm -hmm. and what happens when you don't consider the power that you wield um you know like it's always tough listening to lincoln park with with chester gone yeah yeah um because you get a lot more hindsight into how hurt he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how much he thought 
things were his fault. Like that's, you know, like a lot of the album is It slams you like right from the beginning with that too. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, did the, would this have felt the same to me if he was still alive? I don't it, it would still be good in a lot of ways, but like I'm not saying because he's dead it's better, but I'm saying it just it just makes it yeah, it more recontextualizes serious. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It's like, man, you could say this is a lot of, hey, someone needs to help me, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's um you know what's what's fascinating is that uh Chester wrote like two songs on the album, like straight up wrote. Most of the writing comes from Brad, the guitarist, and Mike. Okay. Um, but a lot of it is inspired through the so they have a documentary of like making the album and it's like they had a lot of Ooh. clashes like it's really interesting because you could tell when they're like they're having fun you know experimenting with sounds and then like towards the second half like they're clashing a little bit because it's like when you make when a band makes an album like this a concept album like that's just gonna happen you're going to have creative differences and clash a little bit yep. um but yep. typically they uh like it's like chester being like hey here's what i'm feeling this and that blah 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 and then mike will be like all right cool i'm gonna like distill that down and like start writing based on what i'm hearing from you um so like kind of gave it's like a really cool partnership in in that sense um but also like i think it also I, i think most people don't realize that like hey chester bennington didn't write a lot of this stuff um yeah but his influences are there as far as like he's like telling the band he here's where i'm at headspace wise here's where i'm feeling blah 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 and then the band could be like okay here we're gonna put words to that now and structure yeah. some songs which is a cool I, way i think of doing it i that was uh as i was reading more about the production of the album and i will be watching that documentary it's, it's, um, fun. it's good send it to me please uh but the thing i was um reading about it uh is how they put together records as lincoln park is pretty interesting compared to a lot of mm-hmm. band big like just rock bands in general like yeah. usually rock bands have quite a distinct like division of labor yeah like yeah uh, yep. and I, I know the most about Coheed and Cambria like in terms of recording because they've done a ton of different uh documentaries over the years record every album they like do a little mini documentary about the recording and like you know Claudio Sanchez is the lead uh singer he is uh one of the two guitarists but he writes everything in acoustic demo form and comes to them with his basically with the album more or less done yeah acoustically with with him singing he has all the harmonies starting to go the lyrics are shaped more than anything um and he kind of like has the story out and then he gives that to the band and then they go into the studio and then they start mm-hmm adding and expanding from what he has. And it's a really I think that's a really interesting way to do it because you really have to have your thing and then give it to yeah. people and then find that through line and I think that's a cool way of doing it, but it's really interesting how Linkin Park sounds like for most of their albums they just all are there and they get studio time for X amount of time. And then once a week, basically they come and show each other what they're working on. Yep. yep. And then and they shape just, it like, together pick it apart and they just pick it apart. That's why the documentary, really cool. the documentary really like cool. really like breaks down this process a little bit. Um, this was the first album that Rick Rubin, like 
like full on like was involved and, in production. And that and he's a perfect mm-hmm. producer for mm-hmm. that style because like whenever you hear Rick Rubin talk about like the most, you know, crazy incredible per- successful songs that he's written, um it always sounds like he finds a way to unlock yes. the people. Like uh have you seen his like 15 minute interview about chop suey yes yes system oh, of a really down good. chop it's suey. really good and he's just like yeah like we wanted something kind of cool sounding and so he just like went to the bookshelf opened up a page and then saw father dear and yeah. i mm-hmm. subject my spirit and he's like that's just the first thing we literally the first thing we saw yeah we were like, it's really cool fucking metal dude <laughs> it's really cool yeah and it's like that and it's just like and then he was like and then it was cool as hell man like um i think he's a really interesting collaborator man he's done so much he is so he's he's a strange all dude but over also like really music. like music wise yeah it's crazy because he's like yeah he comes into this one he's like yeah he's like you guys are producing this almost like a like a hip-hop album in the way that they come in with the different parts and stuff um and like you could see him like doing exactly what you're talking about where on uh on waiting for the end he's he comes in and tells chester like do this thing with the vocal with your voice at the end and cascade it like this try this instead and then they do it and like they're chester and mike are like oh shit that's that's it right there it fucking we nailed it and and let me let me just like to give if you don't know who rick rubin is like a just look him up he's a wild man you've listened to You've I promise you. I'm just going to. page views on uh, Genius.com for Rick Rubin as producer. So we got uh, <laughs> Father Stretched My Hands, Ultralight Beam, uh, Eminem's Walk on Water, Californication, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. <laughs> uh, apparently, in some way, produced uh, some version of You Are My Sunshine by Johnny Cash. Uh, Lust, Kendrick Lamar, 99 Problems, Jay-Z, Chop Suey, System of a Down, Don't, Ed Shireen. Like a Stone, Audio Slave. Uh, like He goes back to the Beastie Boys, Lana man. Del Rey, Lana doing Del Rey. time. Like, <laughs> Juice World and Halsey. Yeah, dude. Like, like, he's <laughs> everywhere. He's everywhere. Like, he, he has made so many things that could be the your favorite song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sublime. Like, uh, like, The Strokes. Like, he did the, like, a lot of The Strokes stuff. Like, it's, um, it, it is just to that man is talent <laughs> yeah and it's like oh like you listen to all of the interviews of like people that have worked with him and it's like yeah it's exactly how you describe it he just comes in and like unlocks the sound that whatever the band is looking for or the artist is looking for he's like oh i'm conceptualizing what you're trying to do try this and then yeah, it's just it, like Whoa, it's like crazy. it's like he's he's he is just a true producer yeah yeah, like it's, it's really like cool. that is what a producer does. You help the project become successful. Yeah, yeah. And you need to know everything about everything, and you have to let go of everything that you care about because it's about helping them execute the vision yeah. that they have yeah. and make it better. He's really, really good at it. They uh, they wanted to release this album as a like one song, as just like a single song. Love it. Love it. Because it was it was like the, the whole idea is like try to make it like its best front to back, like as an entire experience. Yeah. And he definitely like Rick Rubin's a perfect choice for that. Yeah. Like Audio Slave was kind of a little proggy. A little He's bit, got, yeah. 
uh, he worked with Mars Volta here and there. Like, so he knows, like, if you want to do some, some shit that's a little outside the norm. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really weird because when this one came out, um, <laughs> a lot of the reception from fans, like, oh, they're selling out. They're going mainstream. I'm like, what the fuck in mainstream music sounds remotely like this right now? Are you what? Insane to me. Obviously, like, yeah. they have some songs here that are like clearly, like, the record label at some point was like, hey, guys, you can't do that. Uh, so, like, release songs that we can throw on the goddamn radio, you right. assholes. Um, but even those are not necessarily what you think of a Linkin Park yeah, single no. because mm -hmm. uh, like there is not that much rap in this album. No, no. So there's like two songs. There's like two songs that where like he raps and it's like, and the production on them are like really <laughs> fucking wild. They're really, they're the wildest songs on it yeah. and they sound great. Like the production on this album is really, really really good yeah it's like it's maybe my favorite aspect of the album and i love basically everything about it um yeah it, it's this is why i preach this album so much and like maybe this one's a little bit more uh just me but it's like i truly believe that it is the most underrated album rock album of all time and also one of the greatest uh, rock albums of all time and that like people just like uh, like associate the lincoln park name to like hybrid theory meteora and then like kind yeah. of going like transformer shit and stuff and then like yeah. no of course like not no it's not they're like they're like the early 2000s 2010s imagine dragons basically it's like what no 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 well but they they, but they like, have done terms, work that like you know leans in that direction sure. well even that it's it's almost more like in terms of popularity that is a contemporary you could say um like in terms of just how big lincoln Park oh, yeah, was 100%. at the time of this album they were effectively imagine dragons yes. but yes. you know like where imagine dragons has only rounded corners like lincoln park always because of the new metal the rap the, you know kind of hybrid stuff yeah like they always were able to get away with a little bit more jagged edges yep yep um and like that's uh, yeah i mean we don't really have like a <laughs> current thing that's like hey what's the biggest thing oh it's this dude that's screaming about like wanting to die <laughs> and then a, a dude rapping about also yeah, yeah. kind of wanting to die that's crazy and then all of the it's just like someone smashed a computer and recorded the sounds yeah <laughs> like, it, it's wild to say that too because it's like uh what what is it uh waiting for the end which is like the biggest song on the album a hundred million streams on on spotify which is so it's like kind of strange but then you look at the rest of the album it's like you know, a couple mil here and there. Some of the interludes, obviously not as many, but which makes sense. But it's like, you look at the numbers for the album as a whole, it's like, oh yeah, this isn't, these aren't like Imagine Dragons numbers. And this is basically at the back end of their peak when this album dropped. Oh yeah, no, this, this, I mean, like, uh, you look at all of the interviews with the lead up to the album, they're doing the thing that occasionally a band that has a fervent fan base must do. Mm -hmm, Cohe mm -hmm. does this every once in a while where they're like, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a challenging record for our longtime listeners. Yep, yep. Like like they you know, it's like they're basically saying, We are doing something that is different than the stuff that you guys all like a lot, but we're interested and we we really want you to like it because this is what we're interested yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of seems like this one for the Lincoln Park faithful. This was... is this is your 
this is your year of the black rainbow. Uh, yeah, like it like, was, it was, uh, their, it was effectively their kid a, um, yeah, e- effectively. Like, I'm not saying it was like it reached necessarily that height, um, critically or, or in general, but it was like that, that, that turn, which is why I think this is what makes me, uh, or her, what has made me like really appreciate nuclear winter in particular to like talk about that one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's also cool when you don't have any of those like restrictions or chains kind of holding you down from like really committing yeah. all the way 100% to like the concept. I mean, this, yeah, the Lonely Forest, um, to give you, you know, people know who Linkin Park is. No one knows who the Lonely Forest is. Yeah. Um, but the Lonely Forest is a band from, from Washington, um, from, I want to say maybe Anacortis. I'll look that up at some point. But, uh, so, this is 2007, and I believe um, the main guy, John Van Houston or Sam Van Houston, um, I think he's just about maybe a year, couple years older than than us, yeah. like you know, late late 30s probably. And so 2007, this this album kind of starts to get locally kind of popular in Washington, like, and so I kind of found it in 2009 2010 because they were actually doing some shows in in my college town i i got to see them kind of right after i discovered the album uh playing their new album and nothing from their old album and i was upset and i i i was one there wasn't a lot of people there was like it was in the quad they were on a stage and i was just like there's no come on oh because i at the time this album was like my favorite album of music that i was just obsessed with it and then they didn't play any of it and i was upset um but this like is such a little local microcosm of fame they like played with like i think uh either like the bellingham symphony orchestra or like the seattle or olympia like some they played with an orchestra and played this album in its entirety Mm -hmm. like uh to a sold out show and um they're not a band anymore. They they broke up after one or two more records that are also quite good and also a lot of the similar thoughts of like, what are we doing to the outside world? Mm-hmm. Um, why aren't we trying to live in harmony with it? We just seem to be hurting it. Um, so it's it's something that the the band was always pretty obsessed with trying to reckon with. But then you just get this thing, this fully formed thing. This is the first thing they released. Insane. Insane. Like to put together such a dense album in a type of genre that's like piano thrash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, like, I was like, we got to talk about the keyboards and the <laughs> piano work here because it's really cool. It's it's yeah. out there. It's out there. Like it's 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 like, hey, we're gonna throw like um kind of the trappings of alt rock emo at the time in like two thousand seven. We're also going to throw in some Ben Folds um, in terms of having like beautiful piano playing. And then we're also just going to smash just like a ton of crash cymbals, a ton of heavy drums, a ton of distortion and synths and screaming and harmonies over this beautiful piano. But then we're always going to let you come back and have that moment of just beautiful piano and singing. It's uh it's very like 
almost uh, slightly opera operatic like i think uh thousand suns has yeah. some elements of that as well uh yeah. but like i'm thinking about like the 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 tail end of this album like starting with like lessons in communication the way like that slow lesson to miscommunications is one of my favorite songs of all time and then the fact that you get a second version yes, of it yes is is one of my favorite things in music well, that, i that, love a callback that's why i love like what like it gets into that part too and then just like this giant freaking like symphony orchestra esque rock odyssey build up and like explosion. And it's like I, it's, it's give very proggy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, please. let me give you a lyric. So this is Lessons in Miscommunication Part Two. So this is basically like after everything is truly fucked. Um, <clears throat> so the first lyric here: All is lost. All is black. The world we knew. It won't come back, building our cities to the sky, and down they come like a heavy rain. Like, through the years over centuries, we've paved our roads over memories, uh, surpassing the limit of the sky, and we've come too far, second to the stars. Yeah. Like, it's just brutal and so black emo, like, just straight up. You can't straight up. It's just like, we're just, we're, we're done. (laughs) It's, and, and like, this is this is why I feel like the similarities are are, are close, right? Because um, around the same time, you get um, Fallout into the Catalyst on the Thousand Suns, and Fallout is basically just a re like it's callback to Burning in the Skies, where where he's like, "I'm swimming in the smoke of bridges I've burned. Don't apologize for I'm losing what I don't deserve." Right? So it's a little bit more general there, applicable. But then it gets right into the catalyst where it's like, God bless us, everyone. We're broken people living living under loaded gun and it can't be outfought, can't be outrun, can't be outrun. Uh, and then Chester comes in. Close my eyes tonight to symphonies of blinding light. God blesses everyone. It's it's just like, oh, fuck. It's just like it went to shit. And like they're like different pages of like a similar theme and thing that they're touching on like shit just... We've uh, we have fucked it. We have fucked it, and like now yeah. we're just like dealing with yeah. it. There's yeah, nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do at that point once you've once yeah. you've like ruined it. You know, it's it's really it's always interesting to think about how history could have gone right. Mm-hmm. Like like um because we created like you know as humanity we cr- you know the atomic bomb was created and used right yeah and so that gave us as humanity. This thing of going, oh, so like we now know, like basically everyone could just have one bomb and then it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. we know that that has never existed in human just history. That threat. In in that threat. And like, so, you know, this stress of these things like coming out of World War II and, you know, the more you learn about uh the Manhattan Project and 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 Oppenheimer and um, you know, the choices made there where, you know, the more you read about it, the more you're like, oh, so we like <laughs> legit didn't need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, more like, hey, but we want to try it though. It's like literally like, no, but we have them though. And so like, you know, use it or lose it. It was like almost like it was like a budget thing. Yep. Well, but if we don't use the bomb, we won't get that billion dollars next year. Uh, So it's just, it's like, man, of course, like, we're going to constantly stress about this um, and it's going to come through and 2010, 2007, like, you know, 
hmm, what's going on in 2007? If you're a young kid who's trying to make music, you know, like a young band that's in their early 20s, they're probably like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I, we just, this is our probably last time we got to make something like this. We probably all have to go get jobs. Yeah. It's either this is going to yeah. happen and we're going to make some albums or this is the last time we make music. Thankfully, they made more albums. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and the, it, the lead singer <laughs> continues to put stuff out that's, that's pretty interesting. Got a lot more religious now. He's like a straight religious, but you know me, I love. Uh, Christian emo. I don't know why. I always have not religious, but I listen to a ton of it, Christian. It makes emo. some. Ve- it makes for very interesting writing, at the very least. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy to me. Like, because at least Lincoln Park here was like, you know, they had the luxury at that point. Like, you know, all three albums, you know, platinum and Absolute all that shit, huge, huge success. Bangers, yeah, and they had the luxury of like, you know what, we're gonna do something like left turn, and we don't care if it bombs. We don't care. Like they have that luxury. Whereas like this nuclear winter, they're like fresh in high school, fresh out of high school. They can't even drink yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like uh, I think it, and it also comes through like, um, you know, nuclear winter is a lot. It seems a lot smaller and personal yeah. where in a thousand suns, like they're talking about like labor. They're talking, yeah, about, they're talking about labor too. They're talking about yep. everything. They're talking about culture problems and cultural problems on bigger scales um but then also they have a lot of personal mm-hmm. lyrics about what they feel about those things um and i do think like you know a thousand suns is bombastic it is like they are going bombastic. they're swinging yeah. the whole album they're swinging yeah um where i i do think uh uh, Lonely Forest there's there's some has, moments of like yeah of uh, it, there's a lot a lot more introspective parts of it because like to me some of a thousand suns sounds like we are marching towards the strength of a thousand suns and we will soon be consumed by it mm-hmm, right so mm-hmm. it's like a crescendo mm-hmm. building where uh nuclear winter they definitely capture the idea of this is already it's already happened, done yeah and we're just what's left more so and so like a lot of their soundscapes and a lot of their interludes are just like wispy and staticky and you know like geiger meter (laughs) shit like and it's it's um a lot more introspective in that sense because you know the the character is like a lot oftentimes just looking out into nothing yeah yeah it's um it, it it was a really cool experience like i highly recommend listen but listeners go listen to both of these albums like back to back legitimately they're they're a good like you know everybody's talking about go to do a bob barbieheimer yeah like do a back-to-back screening because it's like so different so if you want to like really go down just like the sad nuclear side of that equation like go you could do back to back do a thousand sons in the nuclear winter it's yeah or like a thousand sons go see oppenheimer and then like finish out with nuclear winter (laughs) And like you will have a fucking bad day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won't man. enjoy it at all. It, it's, if you want to get sad and real sad, it's it's cool. I yeah, the Lincoln Park one is like obviously a lot more like uh, topical about it because they like it, they're like straight up pulling in like actual Oppenheimer quotes in, in the beginning and like kind of interpolating that throughout. They you know they throw in a little bit of uh, the labor stuff and then they throw in. Um, the Vietnam War 
uh, topic with uh, mm. the Martin Luther King uh, speech there. It's it's a trippy listen, and then you get into the more of like a like the story, the uh, the very proggy uh, with Nuclear Winter, and it's just like, oh, this is just like the main character, you know, talking about it throughout this. Yeah this which is cool uh yeah. it's a fun time i'm glad that we listened to these albums it was fun yeah. like i i legit did not know if i was gonna like a thousand sons but like i really like it i don't think it can take over like hybrid theory in terms of my favorite that that album's just too yeah, special yeah, to me as yeah. a kid um but i was so pleasantly surprised like if you're a person who doesn't think lincoln park is good i actually think this is a great one because i will say I think it might have Chester Bennington's best performance. I, I, I would agree. Uh, I would agree. He, he is angelic and also a broken angel at the turn of a dot, like a flip of a coin. You get either of those in these songs. And it's like he, the man's control of his fucking voice. He, is, he had, this was his it's, peak. It's, it's, this it's was insane. his peak for sure. Vocally, yeah, this was his peak. Wow, he hits some crazy stuff in this album. Like, ugh, so good. Yeah, no, he's. It was. It was. It was really good. It's a really good album. Yeah, I love. I love like to that though. It's just I love because I love gushing about this album. Uh, going from like waiting to waiting for the end, where it's like he hits like both of those notes a little bit, and then yeah. it's just like the goddamn punch that is blackout with his vocals uh, immediately afterwards which is funny enough like my least favorite song on the album but like vocally it's like yeah like oh my god where where the hell did all of this come from uh yeah it's it's cool I mean, it's like, cool listen it's cool it's cool and you're you're gonna hear a lot of stuff that you're hearing now like all the trip-hop kind of stuff that's yeah that's really yeah i think the, right the, now, the like, influence and stuff is like man the you we can just there's so much it's really dense as far as like the lyrical content not quite as dense just the themes are the themes are dense yeah. so when you start doing the research of like what they're referencing it like it gets really dense but like production is really dense the way that the album is structured is really dense um there's a lot of this so i'll send you the, yeah uh, not a ton of guitars like it's it's not a super guitar heavy it's like more noise heavy yeah 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 it's, it's good stuff they they listen to these albums. yeah it's 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 fun go listen to both of these albums yeah um Worker Solidarity. I'm gonna go play the album now. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.